Young Thomas. Michael. Hey, my pal, let me ask you this quick question. Do you believe in love at first sight? I do. All right, let me ask you this then. Do you believe in marriage at first sight? No. (laughs) How about you? Well, I don't either, but listen to this story. Two complete British strangers, a couple, matched up on a dating app, right? Okay? They, they, They hooked up, but they didn't hook up. They talked on the phone for 10 days. On the 11th day, they meet at Heathrow Airport in London to fly to Vegas. And what do they do, Thomas? They get married. At the Elvis Chapel? No, that's what I'm saying. This only part of the story, they didn't have any Elvis in it. That should have been. They matched up. After 10 days of talking on the phone, they met at London Airport, flew to Vegas, got married. I'm saying, Thomas, Reno for divorce. I would imagine that kind of thing happens more often than we think, don't you think? I don't know. But tell me again how these godless gay people are ruining the sanctity of marriage. And here this couple never see each other until they get to the airport, fly to Vegas, and get married. Oh, you know what they said when they asked about, do you think it'll work? They said, our goal is it just lasts longer in our marriage than a Trump cabinet member? <laughs> That's what they said, Thomas. Is that what they said? That's what they said. Those were the days, weren't they? And listen to this. The woman said they hope to live together because she's still living with her ex-partner. They have to sell the house first. Boy, this guy's got a good chance of staying with this girl, doesn't he? Yeah. Odds on your books, baby. Place your bets, bookies. Step right on up. <laughs> you know, when I hear a story like this, I say, Single people, see how easy it is? It's not that hard, is it, Thomas? You're sounding like Beyonce over there. Single (laughs) people put a ring on it. Uh, This marriage was one crazy met loony. That's what I'm thinking, Thomas. (laughs) I wonder if these people realize that Ancestry.com is not a dating app. That's a good thing to know. Man, I mean, when you met your wife, how long did it, I mean, when you, where did you first see her? Can you remember the first time you laid eyes on her? Well, we decided to get married. Yes, it was love at first sight. We decided to get married three weeks after we'd been going out. But hold it right there. I know that's awfully quick. <laughs> I know. I know what you're thinking. You're loony. Yeah, loony. But we were engaged for a whole year. So, you know, she could have backed out at any time. If I remember right, I think you told me this. She was working in the office you were working in. Yeah. And you went by her desk one day and said, hubba, hubba, hubba. Yeah, at a radio station. Right. Because right. <laughs> it was normally nothing looked good, right? Right. It was. It was love at first sight. Was it same for her? I don't know if she would admit that, but I kind of think so, because we were like, you know, inseparable from that point on. Isn't that sweet? It is. I got music playing in the background. <laughs> Violins? Cool. Yeah, baby. Little teeny violin players? Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> I hope these people can take some advice from you if they ever need it. Did you say take some device from me? No, not a device. Advice. Uh, well, you know, in, in today's world of devices, uh, I had to check that because did you know, I just heard about this, speaking of devices, we touch our devices at least 2,000 times a day. Really? Yeah. I'm not kidding. And here's another interesting stat, just my own personal stat. I don't even touch myself 2,000 times a day. No, I would hope not. Yeah, especially, you know, down there. <laughs> That's actually a Saturday Night Live joke. There you go. It was much more raunchy than what I just did. So right. anyway, you got to give credit where credit is That's due. That's true. That's okay. true. Tom and Mike. Ohio State University, the Ohio State, might have the most Ohio vending machine ever, Thomas. There's a vending machine in the Meat and Science building, whatever that is. I guess that's a course I can sink my teeth Does in it right vend now. meat? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> it's a bacon dispenser. It is. Yeah, baby. And guess what, Thomas? This thing has to be restocked 
five times a day. It's cooked bacon strips or bacon bits. They cost $1. Thomas, five times a day. What are these people? Uh, they are big boys out there, aren't they? And big women, it's too. It's all about the protein. <laughs> I guess. You know, they should install a defibrillator on the side of the vent machine. That way, when you have a heart attack, they can save you and you can eat more bacon, Thomas. Isn't it amazing how what was bad for you years ago is now good for you now? They're saying, yeah, eat more bacon because bacon's good for you. Did they really say that? Yeah, there's a Cleveland Clinic doctor who wrote a best-selling book called Eat Fat, Get Thin. And the whole idea is to eat more fat so you can get thin. Oh, geez, I don't know about that, all that grease and oil and stuff. I don't well, know. Well, if you recall, the turn of the century, Americans were eating Lard, and I know you can recall because you know you go back, you <laughs> yeah, go way go back. back, back into time. Lard, baby, lard. Yeah, they cooked with lard, Ugh. and you know what? The turn of the century, there was no heart disease. When we started getting into all this low-fat stuff, all this processed stuff, that's when you know there were problems. Right, and in Ohio, the people defend it by saying the bacon isn't that bad because their pigs are fed with only the finest microbiotic slop. And only roll in 100% organic mud, Thomas. Did you know that? Boy, now that makes me want some of that bacon. <laughs> and do you know that pork can bridge the divide? No more right or left. No more libs, conservative. Just bacon, baby. That's right. Right? Everybody loves bacon. In fact, I think bacon, next time around, should run for president. Let's see. There's Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great campaign slogan? Yes. Everybody loves bacon. Vote for Kevin. <laughs> I don't know when the last time I had bacon. Oh, yeah, my wife made some, uh, whenever we have Brussels sprouts, she chops up bacon and puts it in the Brussels sprouts with red pepper. Mm. Yeah, baby. But still, I, I've never heard of a venue machine with bacon bits. So just or, a dollar a holler, huh? A do, yeah, a dollar a holler. Look at that. In the meat and science yeah. building. <laughs> Tom and Mike. I want to talk about a town in Japan that's not anywhere near the big cities. It's out there in the rural part of Japan, although it's not a very big country. It's kind of thin and long. But anyway, they need people. They need people to come there. So the just Japanese town called Nagi, N-A-G-I, is offering cash for kids. So if you come there and you have a kid, you get $900 for your first child, $1,300 for your second child, and up to $3,500 for children after that, Thomas. What are you basically selling your family away? Well, no, they want, I guess, well, people can take it the wrong way. They want way. to increase the population. When I read this, I just want to tell people, just remember, punch holes in the box so the kids arrive alive. Here's the trick. Punch the holes before putting the kids inside. Some people make a mistake of doing it so afterward, and well, let's just say they force to negotiate down. Right, Thomas? You know, I think these folks in these caravans need to go to Japan, <laughs> I think. Do you know this is also legal in Kentucky and Mississippi? Did you know that? I did not. But think about that. You know, you can call one eight seven seven cash for kids. Tell your kids be good. Or they... <laughs> <laughs> All right, stop right there. Tom and Mike. All right, how about this story, Thomas? You're going to love this one. <laughs> There's some people out there that need to have their head examined. Police in Montana say a man he won't be charged, but he's been given a reprimand. He took a shot at an unidentified man who said he claimed to mistake him for Bigfoot, Thomas. Bigfoot? Bigfoot. And the victim, the guy that was shot at, said he wasn't Bigfoot. And the shooter responded by saying, wear an orange vest next time. That's that's what he answered. Was he a big, hairy guy? Well, this is what I'm saying, Thomas. This is why you shave. <laughs> right? Right. 
Let's just say you come across Bigfoot. The first impulse is to shoot him? Do you think that's possible, Thomas? I want to know why this guy's been able to elude us for so many years. I, I want to line up some interviews and get some money for Bigfoot interviews. What do you well, think? I, I just want him to be my friend, my pal, my amigo. Well, right? I'm wondering how Bigfoot gets around so much. First, he's in, in the pine woods of New Jersey. Then he's on the uh, North Carolina hills. Now he's in Montana. This guy gets around for not ever being seen, isn't he? What does he do? Think he takes a bus, Greyhound? Because they look all the same on those Greyhound buses. <laughs> you ever see some of those people, Thomas? Yeah, they do. They kind of resemble Bigfoot. Oh, man. And does Bigfoot uh, wear a lot of flannel? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I don't think so. That hair comes right through the flannel. Tom and Mike. Now, look, Thomas, I'm going to put you to the test right now. They had a survey recently, and they asked hundreds of thousands of Americans to rank the U.S. holidays, our favorite holidays. They rank them in the top 10. Can you give me the first five? That would be in the top 10. Yeah, of the our favorite all-time holidays. Okay. I'm going to go with Labor Day. As, your, as the favorite holiday? I mean, it's in the top 10, okay. but it's not. All right, all right, all right. Scratch that. I'm going to go with Christmas. There you go, buddy. Now you're thinking. You put that thinking cap back and on. And New Year's? No, you got two of the five. I did? Yeah, Christmas is one and, and New Year's is four. Oh, okay. And Labor Day is nine. Okay, well. So you're doing good. You just didn't get the top five so far yet. Well, there's probably not more than 10 holidays. I, I'm only wanting to get the top five, so take Labor Day out. Okay. Okay. All right, so you got two. I got two of the three five. Three and five. You need two, three, and five. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Number two on the list, Thanksgiving. You got it, buddy. Bing, 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 bing. Okay. So I got three out of the five so far. That's right. Number three. All right. Easter. That is number five. Oh, all I need is one more and I'm a genius? That's right, buddy. Think okay. about it. This right. is an easy one. All right. You ready? <laughs> yep. The unofficial beginning of summer, Memorial Day. That is number... Seven. No! You missed a bigger one in the summer. Oh, 4th of July. There you go, baby. Okay. And followed by Halloween, Memorial Day, Valentine's Day, Labor Day, and rounding out the top 10, St. Patrick's Day. See, two of those in the top 10 below the top five would never get into the top five. That would be Halloween and... Valentine's Day. Yeah. There's another one you don't get any time off for. St. Patrick's Day. Right. Okay, so any holiday you don't get any time off for, they got no hope of getting in the top five. Am I right? Uh, yeah, but Columbus Day doesn't even top the top five. And talk about a fall from grace. What happened to him, Thomas? Well, they found out who he was yeah, really. Right. So. You know, and here's why Easter was over Valentine's Day. Easter finished fifth. Halloween finished sixth. You know why? Because in Easter, you get a basket of candy without walking to everybody's house. It's easy, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. You never know what day to take off with Easter. That's true. Do you take off Good Friday? Plus, Easter always changes the date, right? That's why they make it tough. I can't believe Super Bowl Sunday didn't make it, don't you? Not really a holiday, but it kind of feels like one, right? Maybe too many people taking the knee on that one, Thomas. Taking a knee. <laughs> Tom and Mike. Now look, Thomas, they did a study of 600 millionaires, okay? And they found that they all share two qualities. Can you name what they are? They have two qualities that 600 millionaires all share. Frugal. No. They don't brag about their wealth. No. It's more to do with how they get things. Well, it's, it's not easy. Well, it's easy in a way, but the two qualities are 
resilience, and perseverance. And you know there's nothing more resilient than daddy's money. And you know about that, don't you? <laughs> right? right. Or, or the right father. No, I don't know about that. I wish me, I did know about that. Me too. Or the right father or the right father-in-law, Thomas. Mm. Right? That requires perseverance right there. Well, if you want to see the shining example of both of these qualities, how about a single mom trying to bring up your kids today in poverty? How about that? There's some resilience and perseverance. I don't buy that, Thomas, right? Right. But she's not going to make any money doing that. Right? These, these guys said the key to becoming resilient is analyzing every tough experience by considering how the setbacks can turn out to be a good thing and what you can do to make things happen, Thomas. They have three-step strategies. All have the same thing. Earn money, save it, and invest it. Okay, but what happens if the stock market crashes? <laughs> I guess they saved enough. And they also have the same habits they all share. They don't have a budget because, like you said, they're self-control and they don't spend much. They're frugal. So you got that right, pal. Yeah, but you know, one trait that I always admire about the people truly that have money is the fact they don't brag that they have money and they're so rich, right? Right. Like some people we're thinking of that, you know, really probably doesn't have a pot to pee in. Right. Like if you're talking to some guy in the radio in the morning and he's telling you about his big house and his movie theater, he probably doesn't have any money. right? And his salt water in his pool. Yeah, right. Ooh, I love that salt water, baby. And people, if you know what I'm talking about, young Thomas has a pool and it, most people have chlorinated water. But no, this guy has salt water. I don't know if it costs more than chlorinated. It's something about it. Refreshing, right? Yes. Yes. That's why people go to the Dead Sea. And That's right. And, you, and I think you get a better tan when you come out of that water, too. Because it gets that salt on you. Yes. You don't even need a flotation device. That's right, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Trays and seats in the upright positions. Let's tell everybody where to go. Because I know you love telling people where to go. That's right, baby. And this For time, I'm, your daily fun on demand. That's right. No commercial breaks, just straight us, right? Right. It's what's this world coming to.com. It's our daily podcast. Tom and Mike.